0: We are up to chapter 28 of the Tanya, a phenomenal chapter, something that I have no doubt speaks to the journeys of every one of us present. Last week, we addressed the frustration and even despondency that a person may feel from lacking the ability to graduate those youthful, sinful Thoughts that he would have hoped to have graduated from, or in more general terms, we spoke about a person feeling frustrated that they're still dealing with issues that they would have helped, they would have been, hoped they would have been able to resolve, and we gave some really important perspectives that could help us not only to feel not despondent but on the contrary for it to be a source of joy and courage and uh, motivation to take on the challenge just to summarize a few of those points you could go back to last week's class and refresh your minds it amazes me how just for you it's coming here every week and for me it's sitting down to prepare every week it's almost the same thing every time I sit down and I'm tired and like what am I doing and uh, what's I gonna say already what don't I already know and it's just so special how just speaking for myself how every time A couple of hours down the line of being involved I just feel so empowered so excited so inspired which is the power of the tanya and so I hope that I'm able to share that with you and so last week we spoke about a couple of things to remember firstly to battle inappropriate thoughts is actually a mitzvah we say it every day in the third paragraph of the Shema, not, not to stray out to your thoughts. So uh, realize that this is an opportunity to do something good. Although you're not actually doing something good, you're just not doing something bad. Tanya said, it's as if you're doing something good, that itself is also good, not to do the bad. We spoke about how when we do put on that battle, and overpower our temptations, our distractions, those thoughts, those sinful thoughts that get us down, this causes a tremendous delight to Hashem. We describe the different types of delights, of food that's naturally sweet, and then those spicy foods which are turned into a real delicacy. Well, my wife afterwards um, shared with me the analogy of a parent that's uh, bringing up two kids, and the one kid is the goody good, and the other kid is really... really uh, could be a nightmare but when you when that nightmare kid is like you're on a good space then you're like flying high not just because he's not uh, giving you enough time but because it's 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 he's incredible she's incredible so uh we're sometimes if we think that we're just that naughty kids to Hashem because of the things that we still stuck with on the country this causes tremendous delight to Hashem when we do things right that was point number two point number three was that every time we abstain and restrain ourselves from temptation, we cause a global cosmic weakening of the forces of evil. And so, when we're feeling so inadequate and insignificant in our little corner with our own little struggle, we should not underestimate the impact we're affecting, that we're having on the entire world. There's a God in the world. There's a master to this universe and Hashem has set up a whole operation of the power of good and the power of negativity and He puts it in our hands to make this world better. And if we realize that every time we live up to one of our, we stand strong in one of our personal challenges or temptations, we are achieving something at a global level, that's powerful. Those are some points that we discussed last week. To find out more, go back to last week's podcast. (laughs) Today, we address another, as I mentioned, challenge that I'm sure everybody in this room deals with on some level or another. And that is when our divine service is under attack, life is hectic. Every day has all types of challenges. And we need strength. As we discussed in the early chapters of the Tanya, how we need to feed our Dushaba, we need to flex our spiritual muscles, we need to exercise so that we're actually able to take on the challenges and succeed and come out strong. How do we strengthen ourselves spiritually? So we feed on the Shabbos with the things that give us spiritual nutrients. What are they? You can answer. What are the things that help us strengthen our Shabbos? Learning Torah, doing mitzvahs. What else? Prayer. prayer. Is that what you said? Prayer. In general, yes, we do mitzvahs all the time. And every mitzvah has an amazing effect on us and on the world. But the two are readers of Torah study and prayer are two areas of spiritual exercise when a person studies Torah they make their spiritual um, body stronger their head is in a better space they've got good things on their mind and they have the wherewithal to take on the world the person daven same thing you're talking to Hashem you're developing a relationship with Hashem you've, you've, you've charged up to be able to take on the day that's why we need a daven every day because every day, we just like you need to sleep every day. Because if you don't sleep, then uh, how are you going to be able to take on the... Succeed the whatever you can achieve that day? If we don't daven, then we don't have the spiritual uh, strength to be able to achieve. So we have the formula. As I've mentioned a number of times, Natanya gave us the formula. Natanya told us everything we need to do and how to succeed except... But when things get in the way. So... Great! All we need to do is learn. All we need to do is in. But what happens... When... We're not managing to do that. And I'm not talking about not managing to do it because we've forgotten about it completely. I'm talking about where we're actually committed. And we're trying to invest in it. We're trying to get involved... And it just doesn't seem to be working. It's a story that I love. Of the uh, guy that was trying to talk. And he couldn't get past three words without being interrupted. I think I've heard it from my father. I may have even shared it to him before. And he said, in frustration of not being able to get through what he's trying to say. He said, let me tell you a story. There was once a town town a and town b and there was the short way and there was a the long way <laughs> the short long way and the long short way the short way was you were able to go straight from city a to city b from town a to town b and you'd be there in whatever it was 20 minutes the long way was an hour walk okay why the sh- why not the short way because there were these vicious dogs and rumor had it but if you take that shortcut then uh, you're going to be torn to pieces so nobody went the short, long way. So it looks like it's short, but it's really long. Everybody used to walk all the way around the town. Until one day, if I hear I am, some guy comes to town, and he's a genius. He thinks he's figured it out. He says, okay, see you guys. Moving we on to town. Hey, where are you going? Going to the next No, don't go that way. Why not? It's dangerous dogs. Don't worry. I have a formula. That's um, nothing to be afraid of. Okay. Anyhow, he takes the short route, and he comes to the next town, and he is ripped to pieces. <laughs> and word spreads, and the the wise men of the first town come to him and say, "What happened?" He said, "I'll tell you what happened." This guy is busy showing the story, right? But he can't get through his sentences. He said that there's a verse when the Jewish people were going out of Egypt. There's a verse in the Torah that says and to all of the Jewish people no dog barked its tongue. No dog even barked at the Jewish people when they're leaving Egypt. And there's a tradition that when, you, when you're till today somebody who has a phobia for dogs you say this and you'll be okay. The dogs will, uh, will respect you nothing against dogs I'm just I'm sharing a story please don't take it out of context <laughs> and so I had the pasuk I had the verse I knew I'll just say the verse I'll uh, keep saying it and nobody's going to touch me I'll be perfectly fine so what happened? he said the vicious dog didn't even let me finish my sentence <laughs> 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 so that's how we sometimes feel about our davening we're trying to go to shul. We're trying to get involved so that we'll have the wherewithal and the strength to be able to achieve what we need to achieve. But our vicious Yetzirah doesn't even let us finish the sentence. We're supposed to be charging up and having the strength to be able to take him on, but he doesn't even let us do that. And the same for learning. You want to sit down, you want to learn something. And I'm sure some people sitting in the room right now, they can't even concentrate. They, like, they walk out and half the time they were thinking about whatever other issues that we're dealing with. I'm already here. I've taken the effort. I've come to the class, but this vicious yet are won't even let me get, get, get that one hour out of it. So that's frustrating. So what's the solution? And I broke it down to four practical steps. The first step is to stay focused. A couple of years ago, I went into the International Kiddush the Chabad Conference, and uh, was uh, very proud to hear my father speak as the, te- the keynote speaker in front of thousands of people. Something that my father had prepared many hours for. He got up to speak to thousands of people in the room and thousands more watching it globally online. And the table right in front of the podium was filled with a group of these rich Russian people that I don't even know if they spoke English because it seems like they didn't. But they seemed to completely disregard that somebody happened to be talking and they were making jokes and walking around and laughing. And, you know, sitting next to them was like, this is an event that's, you know, for months I've seen my father preparing for thousands of people around the world. And like, you know, you want to just... Well, thank God my father gave a beautiful talk. If you asked anybody watching, they would never have known about these these Russian... uh, Well, keep all the dirty titles for another time. And... uh, don't worry, I'm sure there's many Russian, good Russian Jews as well. Nothing against the Russian <laughs> Jews. <laughs> Imagine what would have happened if, as my father was talking, he would have stopped and he would have s- spoken to these guys and said, you know, guys, you're interrupting, can you please quiet up? Or like, why are you ruining it? Like, you, you, you're messing around with... What would have happened? would have ruined the speech would have undermined everything that he'd been preparing for for months so what did he have to do he had to stay focused it was very hard right in front of here this group of uh guys that are just completely out of line but any tvisus mock any significance that he would have given them at that moment would have been only to his disadvantage Baruch Hashem, he had the strength and it was an amazing talk. The first step when we are challenged by these thoughts that, like these people that are just getting in our way and not letting us daven, these foreign entities that are invading our prayers and our studies, the first step is stay focused. Don't let them pull you down. It was a, there's a, there was a big concept amongst the uh, students of the founder of Hasidim, Hasidism, the, the Baal Shem Tov. It was a concept of called elevating, for a person to elevate their feelings. Like if a person has any type of negative feeling, just see how to elevate it. And this is something that the Alter Rebbe says over here, don't be stupid. <laughs> That's what he says. He says, Alti Shaita. don't be a fool there was a particular rabbi who was a genius in, uh, in this is just uh, parenthetically speaking, and we'll get back to the four points, but he was uh, known to be completely well versed in Tanya and the students used to quiz him and they asked him, where does it say in the Tanya, don't be a fool? He said, if you want to tell you where it says in black and white, it's in chapter 28. But every line of Tanya is based on the premise of don't be a fool. Mm-hmm. Or as one of the Chabad Rebbers um, put it. He said that there are two things that get in the way of being able to be a chassid. Being a fool and being wild. Okay, everything can be used for the service of Hashem. But you gotta, you to, uh, we need to stay smart. We've seen that the Tanya has summed up um, when we slip to just be a silly moment. But anyhow, that was all the Bible Rambus That don't be a fool is a good general rule for life. and applies to everybody. But, in this context, the Altarever says, don't be a fool and try to elevate those distracting thoughts. You know, imagine if my father then at the podium would have decided to have a talk to the Russians and see how he could get them involved in his speech. I mean, very nice, but you uh, right now there's work to be done. All that You don't know where this is going to go. In fact, the Altarever says, also the Tadi says, this is the job of tzaddikim. A that is reached ultimate um, high levels of of transformation is able to be to engage with the distracting and debilitating thoughts and raise them without them pulling him down Hmm. but but the regular one of us don't just stay away as they say sometimes Don't, don't try to elevate these distracting thoughts you know, it's like when, you, when you're when you diving and then, you have, and then you're like suddenly thinking about the most random thing. Like, why am I thinking about that? Like, how did I even get there? And then you start trying to trace your steps back. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing now? You're just making a double as bad. Well, we do that all the time. So, like, you're already distracted. So, now you're going to be distracted about how you became distracted. So, you're more distracted. So, so stay focused and don't try to... Uh, Elevate these distracting thoughts. Completely dismiss them. Completely disregard them. Because if you give them any um, space of mind. Then it's just undermining what you're looking to achieve. That's rule number one. Stay focused. Step number two. Is that we can't just stay focused. But we actually need to increase our Focus. Which means we need to give more energy and more investments into the davening or the learning. Something that I experienced when I was in Yeshiva, which I found to be so beautiful. And it was proven to succeed every time that I did it so just to give you the context you're as early as my late teens maybe 16 17 18 19 and the program in the Chabad Yeshiva system is it starts at seven in the morning in israel then it ends at about nine o'clock at night okay there's a breakfast break lunch break but it's it's a full day of learning 90 percent of the time it's learning which means that you partner up with a, a fellow student and you g- learn through a text together, and then you have your occasional classes, you know, one, two, three classes a day, where the rabbis actually give added insight. But pretty much most of the learning, you're just doing one-on-one, and unfortunately, a large amount of the time, you waste. Why? Because you're human, and the guy you're learning with is also human, it is on your level, and you get distracted, and you'll talk about whatever else is in your mind. And you're supposed to be learning, and, and and it's actually really frustrating it's a very it's very challenging to be able to sit and learn and stay focused for so many hours and something that i found just so incredible was very often i felt this feeling of i'm, I'm now knocked out like now i'm done i'm lost, lost by uh, i can't i can't concentrate anymore i just can't continue learning i'm uh, my resources are down any time I pushed for another few minutes, then the learning that I experienced after that was unparalleled. Hmm. And, and, and it never happened otherwise. Now, most of the time, I don't know if I did manage to push. Because I'm human. And you know, it's, when, when, when you're being pushed and it's difficult, then uh, you don't always manage to persevere. But any time I did persevere then I felt like I accessed a new investment or engagement in learning, me and my chavrissa and my study partner, that I wouldn't usually have access to. So when you're busy davening, when I'm busy davening and I have a distracting thought come my way and it's pres- the moment where I could easily just kind of want to wrap things up and go home and stop davening or get distracted or do other things, when I'm able to persevere, then it requires an added investment of energy and that added investment of energy opens up a new experience. And so the, sorry. And so the challenge is not only pulling me down, but it's giving me a much greater and more beneficial experience. So that's step number two, number one, stay focused. Don't let it pull you down. And number two, Focus more, added focus. There was a, a great rabbi, a, a Hasidic rabbi, his name was Rabbi Isaac Kabbler. There's a tradition of the family that uh, we come from, Rabbi Isaac Hubler, It's part of our yichas. And uh, he was once, he was davening, and he had his minion over there, and there was a chazan that went to leave the services, and the chazan davened super fast. He just went up and he knocked off the whole davening, and if Isaac came to him afterwards and he said, "Bye, uh, hi, what happened over here? So he said that I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't have a chance for, wouldn't have a chance to have any uh, distracting thoughts. I went fast <laughs> enough that I wouldn't get distracted. <laughs> so if Isaac said to him, I don't know about inappropriate thoughts, but there definitely weren't any good thoughts. <laughs> so if we try to run away from not getting distracted, then we just not, giving ourselves an opportunity to think about the good stuff so that's the that's the worst response or another famous story of uh, a chastin that was uh, running through the davening and his ever asked him uh, why are you rushing and he said imagine you're traveling through a town and, and then people start throwing stones at you see all you can do You're going to race out, you're going to get out of there as fast as you can. So when I'm diving, I feel the Yetsuhara starts trying to throw these stones of distractions. I zip off my diving. He said, "But what happens if the stone throw is on the back of your wagon? Mm -hmm. Then going any faster is not going to help the situation. So on the contrary, on the contrary, precisely when we're feeling distracted and losing focus is a time to slow down, to invest more focus. To give more appropriate thoughts, not inappropriate thoughts, and when we're able to persevere, we're able to experience a much greater davening. That's step number two, not just to stay focused, but to, uh, to give greater focus. Talking about distraction during during davening, there's another great story that I love, told by a about a particular chassid by the name of Benjamin Kletzker. and he was a, he was a businessman. He was a, a merchant, a wood merchant. He owned forests, They chopped the wood and sold the wood. And he was also a master of Hasidus. He used to spend many hours learning and thinking about the, the teachings of to thinking about the greatness of Hashem. And uh, one day he's out there on the, on the farm, he's out there in the fields, and uh, his workers are waiting to get instruction. He owns the business. And he just goes off into... Uh, Steeped in thoughts, nobody home. They're sitting there waiting. At some point, they, uh, I don't know, interrupt. And they say, "We need to know what to do. Can you give us instructions? What's what's required of the work?" He said, "No problem. We'll be with you shortly." And then, before you know it again, he just gets completely lost in thought as he ponders into the greatness of of, of the Creator, God Almighty. And again, they stop him, and, 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 and they say, Yav, you don't understand, there's a time for everything. It's time to be in Shul and Davening, and there's a time to be out of the field working. He said, why is it that when I'm out here in business and I'm getting distracted about my Davening, then it's not okay. But when I'm in Shul Davening, and I get distracted about my business, then that's going to fly on the country." If I get distracted about my business in the middle of davening, that's a real issue. I need my davening. I need that spiritual pardasa. But if I'm out in the middle of the field trying to do some pardasa and I get a little bit distracted about my davening, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Anyhow, we're not on the level of Rebidiam and Kletzko. And we certainly do get distracted about the field while we're in the middle of davening. But we shouldn't. Um, uh, not only shouldn't we... Uh, try to elevate those thoughts and try to get and and get lost we shouldn't give up we should work harder and achieve more now we come to the next point which is a very important point and that is as we've mentioned time and time again joy simcha is such an important component of life and is advocated for so strongly in the teachings of the tanya and we could still be feeling down. We could be, we could be feeling really lousy because at the end of the day, look what my davening looks like. Look what my learning looks like. I don't want to be having that kind of davening. I don't want to be giving a speech where there's guys in front of my face that are busy trying to like, you know, making me sugar. I want to be able to, to enjoy spiritual ecstasy, to reach spiritual bliss where I'm sitting in that shul and I'm davening. And I'm just in the moments. And wow. Like that your kippra moment. I'm just so elevated. So charged. So ready to take on the day. And it doesn't happen. What's wrong with me? Why can't I daven like a mensch? Why can't I learn and stay focused? I could even leave a person feeling useless. Hopeless. Chas <laughs> To this the Tanya says. That this concern of how lowly am i and how unsuccessful am i in my davening would be valid if we had only one soul Mm. if we were only one person with two inclinations one pulling us in the right direction one in the wrong direction then we could look at ourselves and we could say You know, why am I still at the bottom of the rung? I'm not getting anywhere. Why is this business not taking off? But if we remember that we have two souls, it's two personalities over here. And it is precisely because we are succeeding in our davening that the animal soul is now putting on a battle. Then instead of feeling despondent that we're unsuccessful, we should realize that the adversary that the challenge is only an indication of how successful we really are and as i was preparing this i was thinking of the flip side remember when we spoke earlier in the, we were talking about revealing the hidden love and we spoke about how even the biggest sinner is doing everything wrong in the book at a certain time where suddenly he's like crossing a line he's asked about you know is he going to undermine his judaism And suddenly we said that the godly soul within it, that godly spark wakes up and says, no ways, I'm not going to let this happen. Why? Because when he realizes that this really is a threshold that it is dangerous for him to cross, the Yates the Torah, the godly soul wakes up and he says, no, I'm going to put on a battle. I'm not going to let that happen. Unfortunately, the same thing happens the other way around. Precisely when we are doing the right thing and we're being so good and we're investing in such a good space because we are doing such amazing work because we are giving such energy to our godly soul that is when the animal soul puts on the biggest battle because he realizes if we're going to go into shul and we're going to focus, and not in shul at home we're going to take time and we're going to focus on our diving and we're going to focus on our learning Yet Sahara, he's, he's, he's it's a lost cause. He's, he's lost. We're, 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 we're victorious. If we're able to actually walk, wake up in the morning and really pump up our Godly soul and realize this is our mission and this is what we can achieve and this is what a positive impact we can have on the world around us and the people we encounter, if we fully charged, then we could achieve incredible things. And so the Yetsahara says, I can't let the guy charge up. I can't let her. It's, it's just... That's, then the game's over. So precisely because we're succeeding at something, that's why the evil inclination puts on the battle. So rather than feeling despondent that why can't I have a geschmack of beautiful davening, we should celebrate that we're doing some. precisely because I'm doing something right, I'm busy being flattered by all of these thoughts just when I wish I could be davening. And if we're going to be in a happy space, if we're going to celebrate our achievements, then that itself is already just all that we need. Because as we said, it's a critical component of everything is serving Hashem with joy. So if we're able to celebrate our successes, and celebrate how much good that we're doing, then, uh, then we're empowered. As opposed to when we're feeling down and heavy on ourselves, then that's, as we said last week, that's the seems like a good but it's a hidden bad that's the Sahara that's just trying to get us down to topple us so if you're feeling lousy about that that you feel like you're not able to dive in because you keep getting distracted then it's time to change approach Yes, it doesn't mean that you should just be distracted. We said step one, stay focused. Step two, give added strength, get added, give added investment. But step three, precisely when you're distracted, remember that's an indication that you're really doing something right. And I'll reference something that I mentioned at the end of last week's class. And that was even when we lose the battle, if we could have lost the battle at 8 a.m. and we lost the battle at 8.05 a.m., then it means for five minutes we won the battle. And that certainly is the case for davening. Even if we end up feeling that the davening wasn't the way it was meant to be, or this all applies equally to learning, or the learning session wasn't meant to be, if we manage for five minutes to stay focused, to give that added focus, or to give that concentration, then this is a a winning moment. It's a moment that we've actually, we, we have charged up. And finally, point number four, which is also a reoccurring theme in the Tanya, is if you feel like you're not getting anywhere, if you feel like the flood waters of distraction are really just toppling you, that you're really not able to cross, then turn to Hashem and say, Hashem, please have mercy on me, just help me out of here. And please, God, He'll send you a. A rescue circle and you'll grab on and it'll pull you through and you'll and, and you'll come out and you'll come out strong So You're awesome. We're all awesome We're awesome that we invested in out learning and we invested in our davening and we're doing something right and we are charging up and We turn to Hashem and we say Hashem Look at what an amazing job we're doing Give us that added strength so that we could actually experience that spiritual ecstasy, that we could actually really enjoy a doubling, enjoy a loveling, so that we could have the strength to really positively touch the people around us.